It's gone crazy. And we're just trying to keep up. Bob and Zip. Greetings, everybody. It's the Bob and Zip Show with Ed Kelly. This show for the 21st of October, 2020. A year that we thought would be better than 2019. Remember those days? <laughs> Woo! Bob and Zip Show with Ed Kelly. Fortunately, uh, the debate hasn't happened yet, so we're not going to talk about politics <laughs> as best we can. Yes. It's, it's, Thursday, like, it's like I'm not going to eat the ice cream. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And uh, I promise to have lots of salad, vegetables, <clears throat> and uh, no processed food. And I will pull out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Wow. I didn't mean to right in ready. the crapper. Yeah. Yeah. Only right 30 out. seconds in. Ed Kelly right takes out. it to the crapper. <laughs> right out of the um, gate. But that um, you so have sorry. opened that line of questioning, sir. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I'm, I've just finished watching uh, one of the hottest Netflix shows that's out right now. Which one? Uh, the Trial of the Chicago Seven. Okay. Have you seen it? Not. Mm-mm. Do you recall it from history? Yes. I, is it, it's not the Purple Gang. That was they were Detroit Boys, but um, was it Capone's gang? No, Chicago no, no. Seven. It was this is. It was, uh, during Abby the, Hoffman, uh, anti-war protest during mm-hmm. the Hubert Humphrey Democratic Convention in uh, Chicago, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. And what's interesting about it, it it's been trying to be made for a long time. Okay, one of those. Uh, Aaron Sorkin made oh. it. <laughs> huh? You can work for them. I don't want to work for Sorkin. Ooh, he's a tough customer. Oh, he's a tough guy to... to to, direct to be directed by, yeah. How do you know yeah. this? He writes, well, I'm, I've got acting friends um, that tell me these things. Um, I can't really name them because that would be... Well, sure, you might be blacklisted. Yeah. Like but, uh, those he, people he, in the trial of the Chicago 7. Yeah. No, but he writes simultaneous dialogue for his actors, and you cannot miss a single syllable or get a beat off, right. um, or he will lose his temper. Hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like Frank Zappa writing music for musicians, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With all those uh, tempo changes and minor chords and all that crap. Fly specs, or fly crap, they used to call it. Fly just, crap. Yeah. All right, so new yeah. line of questioning. So no. do you think difficult people who demand high-quality work mm. are bad? Not at all. Uh, I really don't. I said I wouldn't want to work for him. And I do try to do stuff that scares me. He just intimidates me. He would intimidate me too much. I don't have enough depth uh, as an on-camera entity to, uh, or a stage actor to, to really uh, take that kind of abuse. Well, Eric, Aaron Sorkin found some uh, great actors that would, such yeah. as Sasha Baron Cohen. Yes. Uh, oh. Let's see. Will Smith was approached for the role of Bobby Seale, but he didn't end up doing it. Yeah. Uh, this was when they were trying to uh, do this film back in 2007. Yeah. Uh, Sorkin continued to rewrite the script. They were going to cast unknowns to keep the budget down. Mm-hmm. The project didn't move forward until Sorkin said, all right, I'm going to direct it myself. Because he was actually writing it uh, for Steven Spielberg. Really? Anyway, it's finally released. It's 2020, distributed by Netflix. Uh-huh. Sasha Baron Cohen is in it. Michael Keaton 
Really? I don't want to give much away, but uh, he's, <laughs> what do I say, important. To the plot or to the, to uh, the project? Very, very important to the plot. Okay. What's interesting about a movie like this for me, I, I thought it would be an escape from politics. Oh, of course. No, are you kidding? <laughs> I know. Jeez. I might as well watch stories about Julius Caesar and Shakespeare. And <laughs> yes. The, the interesting thing about watching these historically, uh, and I don't want to say accurate because it's a drama. Yeah, they have license. They take license. They, they take creative license, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, creative license would be a calming effect to what people are doing today. (laughs) (laughs) We only wish we could aspire to creative license as opposed to revisionist historianism. (laughs) Like revisionist historians about what they said five minutes ago. Precisely. Like the the, the same week on videotape. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) uh, just as a, and, and you know, these days, the way we hear about television shows is word of mouth. It's not That's advertising. That, because TV Guide is no longer an entity in our lives. And you know, uh, there was once a time when TV Guide was as big as the Bible. It was like, what? <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. yeah, making the cover of TV and Guide was... That, you, we had sure. A yeah. yeah, and you know, it opened a lot more often than the Gideon Bible, by the way. When in hotel rooms, yeah, the Bible, the Bible stayed fresh. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what I will tell you, because I am, I am plugging this, but I also heard from very uh, good people that it was good. Uh, my wife and I finished Outlander, five seasons of this historical, um, based on real history, but mm-hmm. uh, a drama. Mm-hmm. And so we needed to do something else, and I picked this movie. She did not like it at first. Ah. Because, um, let's just say, politically. Okay. She doesn't tend to side with protesters. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to give too much away, but if you say those dirty hippie protesters. (laughs) Yes. And the wonderful police trying to maintain order. <laughs> Bob, I, I just got a window into your world, buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Because there's two sides. Of course. As, at a minimum to every yeah. story. Yeah. And every debate, by the way. <laughs> I saw yes. a, a meme on Facebook that I reposted. Oh. Uh-huh. I and, saw that. I was going to ask you. Got a little heat there, Bob, did you? Well, no. I, I've posted like three or four. I've totally fallen off the Facebook wagon. Yeah, if I had too. to go to FA, Facebook Anonymous, I'd be doing 90 meetings in 90 days. <laughs> oh, I thought you'd fallen off the Facebook thing, and uh, you've fallen off the wagon of abstention uh, from Facebook. Yeah, for the most saying. part, I don't put much up there except little cute, funny things. <laughs> uh, well. But, but uh, you know, for the election, I, I and this look, uh, clearly I'm not a fan of Donald Trump. But I don't think Donald Trump is the cause of any of this. I don't uh, fear right. his wrath actions. I don't fear his wrath at all. I'm not important enough. If I was important, I'd fear it. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's time we as human beings learned about our own human nature. And it's really easy to see what's wrong with the other side. Mm-hmm. But if you can see what's hypocritical... About your and own dishonest side. about your own self and oh, your own yeah. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Listen to NPR. <laughs> and, sorry. and by the way, they're considered very liberal only because they're constantly correcting bullshit. But uh, let's put it this they, way. If you they put, can... They, they do their own manure spreading too, though, Bob. They do, absolutely. And, and here's the thing about uh, media and human nature. Mm-hmm. To some extent, no matter how hard you try to be impartial... Mm-hmm. You have to serve your audience. You do. And when your audience is the leftovers <laughs> from the non-impartial places, yes. then that's your audience. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so uh, this meme said, has one guy standing in front of a six and the other guy is standing on the opposite side of the six and they're arguing about whether it's a six or a nine. A nine. <laughs> <laughs> That's really clever. And each one is saying the other one is wrong. Wow. Is that Bob Englehart in the Hartford Current or someplace? Or uh, I that... don't know where it came from. I, you know, I just saw it on Facebook. Okay. Uh, but I thought, you know, I don't know if anybody would catch how that's connected to how we all are now. But human beings, ah, oh, gosh, that is, are that super. Is the per- that's the perfect analogy. <laughs> yeah, human yeah. beings are super easy to control. Mm-hmm. We're sheep. More, much easier than you think. Mm-hmm. And um, and I don't say that like to say you're a dummy. You allow yourself to be controlled. I mean, all of us. All of us. Stimulus response. Stimulus response. Yeah, yeah. And in the okay. modern era. With computerized algorithm algorithms, yeah, and us as willing participants in the biggest research project ever known—the internet. Remember, it was started by scientists. It was. Now it's taken over by computer scientists who are now being taken over by their own computers. Well, no, it's Al Gore that started it, but I see where you're going. Uh, by the way, that's a good one. <laughs> if you ask a bunch of people, did Al Gore invent the internet? Mm-hmm. A certain percentage of people standing on the other side of the six, where it looks like a nine, <laughs> yeah. will yeah. say, yes, he believes he did. If you ask them, was Barack Obama, a Muslim who was born in Kenya, <laughs> a certain percentage of them will say, yes. Of course, yeah. He was. Now, if you ask people on the other side, a bunch of questions, they will also give you the incorrect answers. Do you know what those questions are? Uh, they're mm. about their age? <laughs> no, you see, you don't because you're on the side where it looks like a six. Yes. That's right. well, maybe. I'm actually in the middle of 69, yeah. so to speak. A number of years ago, <laughs> uh, it looks like a three. That's funny. Yeah. A number of years ago on my radio show, I said, you know, I'm, I really am not... I'm not really qualified to speak at all about and, racism or the black perspective because I don't have a black friend. Oh, my gosh. And I actually went on the air and I said. Solicited for one. I solicited right? for a black friend. <laughs> yeah. I said, look, Jeez. I promise to be uh, a decent guy and uh, do my best, but I, I, like, I'll defer to you on all the matters that I'd love to ask you about. And so this dude called. And uh, Zip has met him. Uh-huh. I could invite him to the podcast. Yeah, why not? Yeah. His name uh, at the time 
was Not Rick. Rick. Well, his handle was Rick the Bouncer. Okay. And it reminds me a little of Bobby Seale in this trial of the Chicago mm-hmm. 7, the trial mm-hmm. of the Chicago 7, because he was the one black guy in my world. Right. And I got to know him, and I think we've known each other 15, 16 years now. Okay. We don't stay as t- in touch as much because I live in Vermont. Yeah, that's a little tough. But, but a little out of the hood. Yeah, I moved out <laughs> of the hood. <laughs> the hood in Vermont. <laughs> yo, yo. But boy, Vermont, did I, you big dummy. <laughs> did I learn a lot? And yeah. by the way, he'd be okay with you doing your characters so he can yeah, and that's the feel thing. like he's talking to another black guy on the show. He'll do yeah. that. And I got my white friends always like their eyebrows raised when I do that with, on a show with two black cast members. And, and I'm like, D- would you stop being an uptight white? It really <laughs> isn't that bad. It's funny that there was a line of school, a school of thinking on that, that if you did that, you were taking a job away from a true African-American. In my <laughs> yes. Just like if you acted exactly. on Brokeback Mountain and you really didn't enjoy taking it up the you know what. <laughs> Wait a minute! Wow. You guys laughed at that. I didn't mean I you to know. laugh at that. You know that, Bob? I don't know if you knew this. I wrote the theme to Brokeback Mountain years ago. Mm. Yeah, everybody loves their buddy sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are in this world where yeah. the same struggles each generation are replayed. Part of what that movie, The Trial of the Chicago 7, teaches you is that as crazy as you think it is right now, it's kind of the same thing. Same shit, different day, SSDD, yeah. Mm -hmm. In other words, Mm. our our human nature goes across a a broad spectrum of personality types. It's true. And certain personality types are easy to herd into the global warming tent. (laughs) <laughs> yeah the science means nothing i know i'm learning and you know they they like they like facts and yeah. helping people and then other people are like what are you doing helping all these people this is our country and I, we got to keep those bad people out and we got a you know law and order uh, and uh, no socialism. I, the, the arguments over socialism are amazing. Well, um, the, I, I, that never flies with me because I'm from a largely socialist country. Explain. Canada has social. What they call even here, they call it social security. Do they not? Oh yeah, is they that do? a dirty word? I was, I was coming to that. Let's go oh, back. Let's go back to your crazy <laughs> land. Yes, socialized sh- medicine. You know, I mean, we should have. We, we are the richest country in the world, allegedly. Mm. You know, why don't we have socialized medicine? Why can you? Why do you have to die if you don't make enough money? It doesn't seem right to me. Medicine you are pro- so health, far health gone. Profit, you have drunk the blue Kool-Aid so much, it's coming out of your eyeballs. Yeah, I know. Um, the, the converse of that is, mm-hmm. why can't everybody be responsible for earning their own way? It's a capitalist society. I get that. If we give you stuff for free, you won't and, appreciate it. And I heard that expressed by a black man and a Mexican just this week. Uh, it, it was on Did they walk in- into a bar with a priest and a rabbi? <laughs> <laughs> I served up a tater. Yeah, she I, did. I don't blame you for swinging. Hold on, I've <laughs> got to have a seltzer for that one. <laughs> it better be seltzer, mister. Don't right. be falling off that one. So uh, anyway, okay. uh, I start to think back 
to the late 60s. Yeah. And things that were in the news in my childhood. Mm -hmm. And I remember that I didn't care at all. Well, no, you're pathetically apathetic when you're a child. Well, you also weren't inundated like children are today. I mean, every, there's true. no innocence. There is zero innocence. Yeah. They're exposed to everything pretty much. That's true. That's true. I mean, for me to find pornography, yeah. a dad had to throw out a Playboy. <laughs> and that's where I found him in the alley. <laughs> a, a friend of mine's dad had stuck his Playboys in the magazine rack, buried under a whole bunch of boring magazines. Mm -hmm. But... We always knew where to look. My friend found <laughs> we them. We always knew where to look, yeah, of course. And, and he'd go pick one up and he'd go, it's all dog-eared. How did it get that way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, as long as it's dog-eared, not dog-haired. Yeah. You know. Oh, man. Let me, if I may, tell you a little story from the 1960s. Pull up a chair, children. That I was just reading. Mm -hmm. It's called Homage to a Doctor, mm -hmm. Remembering Dr. Lester Grinspoon. How does that sound familiar? Do you know that name? It sounds familiar. I don't know why. Does it sound familiar? Zip? Uh, yeah, it sounds familiar. Don't, I'm drawing a blank. Okay. I didn't remember the name at all. Hmm. As the 1960s drew to a close, and newly... Does that something to do with Timothy Leary? Ah, uh, I think he's in this article, yes. Timothy okay. It has to do with drugs, if that's where all you were right. going. Yes, uh, all right. Newly elected President Richard Nixon yeah. was codifying his anti-drug agenda into law. At the time, there were a handful of pro-pot activists challenging him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this professor, Lester Grinspoon, a Harvard professor... Mm -hmm received his doctorate in psychiatry from Harvard Medical School in 1955. He was teaching there in 65. He met a young astronomer whose name you will be familiar with, Carl Sagan. Ah. They bonded over their opposition to the Vietnam War and became lifelong friends. But there was one problem. Grinspoon was shocked to learn that Carl Sagan enjoyed smoking marijuana. Oh. <laughs> he yeah, thought it was, it was a dangerous habit, and he did what a scientist worth his salt would do. You know what he started doing? Ratting him out. <laughs> <laughs> smoking marijuana. Now, he started researching marijuana. His intent was to prove its ill effects uh -huh. and talk his newly found good friend, Carl Sagan, out of it. And by the way, mm -hmm. Sagan's friends, a whole bunch of people in Carl Sagan's intellectual circle mm -hmm. like to sit around and pass the joint. Yeah. His study started in 1967. <laughs> As I said, <laughs> what? What are you laughing about? Nineteen sixty-seven, and he's just he wrapping baked. it up now. <laughs> he got baked, and he never went back to it. Actually, please don't wait till I get to the. And now you know the rest of the story. Part and of now it, you know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, his point was to talk people out of marijuana, of course, and so he published his results in the 1969 edition of Scientific American. Based on the reaction to that article, he did a book-length exposition 
of what he had learned. The point of his article mm-hmm. was that his research showed that he'd been brainwashed along with everybody else into thinking marijuana was a dangerous substance. Yeah, it was reefer madness. His book, should you want to read it, is called Marijuana Reconsidered. It's currently in the Harvard University Press, but let me give you a little little hint. His escapades didn't go over that well at Harvard back then. (laughs) Sure. I'm sure. Here's what he wrote. Uh, I've concluded that marijuana is a relatively safe, and by the way, I say this as a guy who can't smoke marijuana. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes me paranoid. It it completely makes made me psychotic. Wow! But I know for a lot of people, and by the way, oh, yeah. that was alcohol. Uh, Zip, you can talk about alcohol a little bit. Can you? <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> Ouch! Where do I begin? Um, same place I, I did. You can't safely drink alcohol, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Genetically speaking, too, I'm I'm convinced of that mm-hmm. in my bloodline. Are you predisposed or something? Oh, somewhere? absolutely. There's no question. On the male side of my family, yes. Okay. There were a lot of issues way back. So, mm. anyway. Greenspoon, green, uh, Grinspoon, sorry. What a great Grinspoon. name for a guy <laughs> yeah, with the Grinspoon. munchies and, and the giggles. <laughs> really? <laughs> Dr. Grinspoon wrote that marijuana is a relatively safe intoxicant, which is not addicting, does not in and of itself lead to the use of harder drugs. It's not criminogenic, which I, I guess makes you break into places to steal money to get it. Criminogenic, that's a new one. Yeah, and does not lead to sexual excess. Just really enjoyable sex, I guess. <laughs> I, I might take issue with that one. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, because you still smoke it occasionally. You're the one of the three of us, right? I'm a, I'm a one-hit guy. I'm a one-toker. Yeah. I'm awake and bake one toker and then one to go down. Hold on a second while Zip and I boo you for your ability to do moderation. <laughs> Zip, are you ready? One, two, three. Oh, <laughs> it's it's oh, so man. silly because the smallest amount lasts me a year. <laughs> anyway, he said, I concluded it's relatively safe and intoxicant. And he said the only real harm associated is the way we as a society are dealing with people who use it. Yeah. Mm. All right. The book became hugely popular and hugely unpopular by his Harvard peers. Of course. The fledgling legalization community loved him. Mm. And in fact, Normal, the national. Put Normal, N O R M Y L. Yeah, I'll put him on the, I'll put him on well, the cover. No y. It's Norm L. L. Normal. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I misremembered uh, that. To their founder, Lester Grinspoon's book was the Bible. Wow. But that's not what I wanted to talk to you about today. Okay. <laughs> what, 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 oh, Father O'Malley, are you well, going to talk about today? As we deal with presidential people not acting presidential sometimes. Yes. And some people loving that. Yeah. Some people freaked out about it. I do think there should be more remembrance of Richard M. Nixon. Uh-huh. Boy, he, he's look, coming off like a choir boy, isn't he, at this point? Yeah, but listen listen to some of this. Dr. Grinspoon quickly became a thorn in President Nixon's side. Mm-hmm. Nixon did not read Marijuana Reconsidered. You're damn right I didn't. <laughs> That's why this whole story, Ed, is a setup for Richard Nixon to join us. Richard, thank you for hopping in the time machine. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, Bob. You, and you remember marijuana. 
the evil. I do. I do indeed. <laughs> I used to blow it in Checker's face. So that, <laughs> that damn dog would shut the hell up. Oh, man. It was useful as a pet relaxant. It was, yes. But okay. only the indica. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you wanted to couch lock that dog. Yes, I really did, Bob. By the way, Checkers was a campaign gift to you, but it didn't exceed the limits, right? No, and we're keeping Checkers, damn it. <laughs> I remember that. That's one of the few uh, presidential things I saw as a kid, and I think parents were like, oh, he's being cute and warm and fuzzy. Let's let the kids watch the news for five minutes. Come on, kids. <laughs> I used point. that dog. <laughs> that dog was nothing but a tool for me. <laughs> he didn't even know he was being used. It was All right, like a well, passed out date. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Mr. President, uh, yeah. yes, listen, listen to what's written in this article, and you tell me if any of this is inaccurate. Well, let me start off by saying I'm not a crook, Bob. Okay. When Nixon read the New York Times review of Marijuana Revisited, he launched into an anti-Semitic tirade. Every one of the bastards that are out for the legalization of marijuana is Jewish, he complained in his infamous Oval Office recordings. Why can't the tribe go back to growing corn, for God's sake? (laughs) It's a direct Nixon quote. What the Christ is the matter with the Jews? I don't know how... You see, Bob, if you're going to invoke the deity, you got to make it count. (laughs) Uh, Nixon circled Grinspoon's name and scribbled in the margin on his New York Times. You Jew bastard. (laughs) I'm going to get you. I mean it. I'm going to use all the powers of the presidency. Get me J. Edgar Hoover. Stop. (laughs) That's better than what Grinspoon wrote. Uh, He actually wrote, it's part of the presidential library i guess now this clown is far on the left (laughs) oh boy that feels like now doesn't it yeah it's basically it's the cut and paste right and and who's the who's the one who always uh makes left-wing uh biggest contributor that's a jewish person that's always uh people are saying that ah, i forget his name you know the big (laughs) left-wing contributor that all the right wing can't stand. <laughs> ah, I forget his name. That's good. So, uh, back to Nixon. Yes, when, Bob. Quickly, quickly, I'm calling. I'm calling in the damn feds. Okay. Um, when Lester Grinspoon saw a report that Nixon had freaked out, yeah, he said, "Wow, I made it into the enemies list of one of the history's biggest assholes." <laughs> That's a dangerous thing to say back then. Ooh. It was a little bit. You might go away and not come back. Mm. Uh, Nixon then created a commission to investigate the potential harm of cannabis. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was so self-assured, so comfortable with his own intellect mm-hmm. that he showed no signs of being intimidated. That's how he described uh, Grinspoon, who was at the hearings for Nixon's Controlled Substances Act. Oh boy. Grinspoon's testimony mm. proved highly effective when the commission released its final report in 1972. It was concluded that cannabis was, in fact, not a danger to society. And they even, in 1972, mm-hmm. recommended decriminalizing it. Mm. However, 
Hubert Humphrey was nowhere to be found, so Nixon ignored it. <laughs> I'm Hubert Humphrey, and I run for president because I need the exercise. <laughs> By the way, Grinspoon also met John Lennon. Wow. Do you remember, and I remember this, President Nixon. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> That's a David Bowie song. I love that yes, song. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, young American. <laughs> young American. She was a young American. Yeah. Remember when we were all young? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, the U.S. government, based on Richard Nixon, was trying to deport John Lennon, and they had deportation I hearings. I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which was strategically a mistake. I mean, Trump at least is smart enough to deport deport people's children with no money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ooh, DACA oh. jokes, 101. <laughs> you just go for, the, go for the jugular, Bob. Those of you who don't get irony and sarcasm, please do not listen any further. <laughs> Tune us out now. Stop this podcast. After Lenin had campaigned against Nixon's re-election, which I do remember, yeah. Nixon tried to use a past cannabis resin possession charge as a basis to kick John Lennon out of the United States of America. Now, there is a part of me that wishes Nixon had been successful, and I'm sure you guys can guess why. Uh, Yoko? <laughs> <laughs> no. Saved us a lot of pain. Yeah. Boy, you guys. Uh, heartless liberals. I'll tell you. Heartless. <laughs> no, if Nixon had kicked John Lennon out of the country... He wouldn't have he lived in Dakota. Alive. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah. He'd be alive today. Yeah, that's true. So uh, they called in an expert witness to testify. Dr. Lester Grinspoon testified that cannabis resin was a secretion of cannabis, but it was not technically marijuana, and therefore the immigration law citing narcotics not apply. and marijuana. Wow, technicality. Didn't legally apply. Wow. And they won the case, and John Lennon got his green card, sadly to be eventually attacked and murdered by a different wacko. Yeah. Uh. Where did the where did the king figure into all of this with Nixon? Remember that oh, yeah. little faded visit? He got his badge for... And and he was higher than a lab rat in the photo. You can <laughs> see it. When you say the king, you mean Elvis Presley? Yes. Oh, Elvis. Yes. Yeah, Elvis Presley. Yes. Uh, I vaguely uh, recall. I thought, this. I thought you were talking about me. <laughs> that the night he, king he brought, Nixon brought him in because he thought he'd be almost like a PSA yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And Elvis was loving it. Elvis used to actually pull guys over because he had a badge. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He did it. John and Yoko Ono. John Lennon and Yoko Ono were so grateful that Greens, uh, Grinspoon, I want to say Greenspan, but it's Grinspoon, yeah, Grinspoon, testified for them that they took him out to dinner, scented, sent him flowers, mm -hmm. and gave him albums for his sons, Danny and David. Wow. And uh, Grinspoon didn't really know who the Beatles, like he didn't love Beatles music. Because he was an academic? or Yeah, he was an academic. But his yeah. sons uh, dug it, and so Green, Grinspoon brought the albums home. <laughs> <laughs> Two years after Marijuana Reconsidered was published, 
Mm-hmm. Grinspoon got high with Carl Sagan for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Listened to Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Arts Club Band and said, uh, "Wow, this is amazing!" <laughs> That's oh, too man. funny. Wow. Uh, an- another aspect of uh, Grinspoon is that his son Danny was diagnosed with acute lymphocytic leukemia. Mm-hmm. Suffered from nausea and vomiting after his chemotherapy, but on the advice of several people, they gave him some marijuana medicinally, and his symptoms disappeared, and then set the stage for the eventual medical uses for marijuana. And that is the big reason it it is prescribed, is it not? Um, Yes. Uh, It's funny because even I, you know, a recovering alcoholic. I have not smoked a marijuana cigarette since I can give you the exact date. Wow. October 31st, 1989. It was Halloween. Wow. And uh, Not a good time to be paranoid. <laughs> no, no. Yes. <laughs> the visual's uh, a long time. Ah! <laughs> uh, I have, uh, to be fair, uh, taken CBD drops yes. and tinctures to aid with sleep. And, and because it was recommended to me for my migraine pain and yeah. stuff. But, but only no. on Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> but no. But no, I, I, I know that that particular feeling, just like... Ah. Zip nose with alcohol. And incidentally, alcohol wasn't my problem, but I had to quit that too. Uh, um, don't bogart that joint, my friend. Pass it on over to him. <laughs> uh, so I bring all of this up just because, because yes. history is something that, if you're listening to this podcast and you remember a lot of this stuff, mm-hmm. there's a lot of comfort if you're willing to take it that way. In accepting kind of how messed up human nature is, because I think that's the first step to realizing that you can't change people by calling them libtards. No. Or what are some of the insults for Trump people? Oh, Trump. I, I, Trump I tarts. Call. I'll just go with Trump, tarts. Trump, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's good. I'm sure. But you know what I mean. Mental- like like I see on Facebook, I see people essentially um, thinking that they can insult someone to accomplish something. Yeah. And if there's one thing, like we all ought to learn, and you know, I don't think we're getting anywhere close to thinking about it, is. Uh, Certain things that never work. Like, there should be reading, writing, arithmetic, and this never works. The four things. <laughs> a, ma- a PhD in this never works. Uh, this never work actually should be more important than reading, writing, arithmetic. That's really good. But that would involve critical thinking. <laughs> well, that would actually be what the class should be called. Good job, Ed. Thank um, you. You must have had socialized medicine and really good education. <laughs> Oh my my! Oh hell yeah! You know, <laughs> demo- that part address. Democracy is perfect on paper until you factor in human nature. It, I was thinking that mm. just this week. It's a great uh, theory, mm. but in practical application, it, it, yeah. it, it has, it's highly flawed. That's what's so on point. Is it? But again, <clears throat> democracy—it's just a word, right? 
Well, it's, it, to me, it's like unionism, which is, you know, it, it's a great theory until you mix in corruption and yeah. then it becomes ineffectual. Then you have words like socialism, uh, uh, you know, um, <laughs> despots. Uh, what are some of the newer uh, ones we're hearing about? Um, uh, autocrats, um, plutocrats. O- oligarchs. Uh, Do you know what an oligarch is? is a good one. An actual definition, I don't. Uh I know, I know. I can go with the root words, but that's about it. So the definition of oligarchy is government by a few, especially by a small faction of persons or families. You know, like Bush, Clinton, Bush, Clinton, yeah. Trump, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kennedy, yeah, oh, Kennedys, yeah. Well, but we love our dynasties, though. We're just not. It's 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 a little like what was the it was like dynasty like the TV show, you know. They, they just love to have these familiar names reelected, it seems. Oh, look, Bobby looks just like Jack. Do you know what the definition, <laughs> the literal definition, uh, dictionary definition of democracy is? Uh, what is the literal Oxford dictionary it's definition? It's the free dictionary by Farlex. I think it's close <laughs> to Oxford. <laughs> It's the first one that came up on the web. The definition yeah. is, wait a minute, there's a pop-up. Let me look at the ad first. I was say, I don't remember any of the dictionaries in the library being pop-up okay. books. <laughs> Democracy is government by the people. Yes. Plutocracy. Yes. Plutocrats. Do you know what that mm-hmm. is? Rich people. Yeah. Government people in which money. the wealthy class rules. And that's where we, I think we're a plutocracy. And that's kind of where, and by the way... Uh, I don't really think there's an entirely huge difference between Republicans and Democrats. It's just these rich people talk to you nice. These rich people kind of rude to you. Talk to other people nice. Yeah. Um, I'll close with this. Okay. Because I always like to offer someone the opportunity to talk if they want to talk. Uh-huh. For at least a second or two so I can say I did it. <laughs> Today I did something really frustrating with my wife okay that's called marriage bob (laughs) it was an attempt to help her out yes and they don't want they don't want our help this never works bob what you should study the course it reminded me that we live in a plutocracy Uh what it is is this is the enrollment period to change your health plan started i think october 15th or something or 17th Okay. Have you seen enough Medicare ads, Bob? Oh, Holy well, crap. I'm not quite Jeez. there. I'm 64. I'm still a Paul McCartney song. <laughs> when I was, will you still yeah. need me? Play yeah. with my PP when I'm 64. And, and by the way, at, when he was young, Paul thought that when you were 64, you'd be basically being fed applesauce like a baby. <laughs> I just, I just, I just realized something that. I watch YouTube TV, right? Mm-hmm. And there's cutaways because it's streaming television. They know I'm of that age, so that's why when they cut away, I that's all I, I constant wall to wall Medicare ads. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so that's my, what that is. Right? My job today be. was to call for Lisa because you know she knows that I'll I'm obsessive compulsive. So yeah, I'll, and you when you dig in, you dig in. I dig in. My yeah. job was to call because her prescription, uh, which they call Part D, was changing, mm-hmm. and she got this weird notice saying, uh, "Just to know, the company you've been working with, Fiddlesticks Healthcare, has been bought by who gives a shit Healthcare." Yeah, and uh, your plan is changing, but if you do nothing, that's the easiest thing to do, and we recommend that. 
we'll just re-enroll you in this new thing. And here's and so then I tried to read it to see what was different. Mm -hmm. And the premium more than doubled. And yet they said it's essentially the same plan. I went, well, that's bad. And then I looked and they had another plan with a premium almost the same as what she was paying before. Mm -hmm. And I looked at the two and I compared them. And it was written in such gobbledygook that I was like, I got to call them. And then Lisa was like, well, I got this ad. <laughs> By the way, I hope she never listens to this. <laughs> she was like, this ad says call him. It was basically a broker, like an insurance broker that oh, will yeah, sit man, there and that's counsel you. That's all they are. Yeah. Yep. And, and I got to say, the ad was for CVS. And I guess CVS is, at the top of it, it had a thing about Amazon is CVS being bought by Amazon or are they buying? Well, everybody's being bought by everybody. Yeah. The and, and so I was like, honey, if we call that, uh, you're going to get an $8 an hour employee who's going to yeah. read from cards and ask us lots of questions. <laughs> so true. And, and, I, and I was like, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather just pick a semi-reputable company and sort of pick one of the better plans from them and just go with that. Because truth is, we don't know. They're not going to give us real information and she was like oh you should try call and i'm like honey i'll do whatever you like so i call and it's literally you know the old days when uh, i'm gonna bring spike in because spike's just joining us now spike you're listening in on this right hello boys (laughs) (laughs) hi how are you doing oh i'm fabulous gossip i'm sorry flabulous i read it wrong from the god all right (laughs) hey boys okay so so anyway, I, I, I said, all right, I'll call this insurance broker. And sure enough, you know when, in the old days, like 20 years ago when I had a pulse in this, in, in the, in this stuff. <laughs> yes. And housewives would do phone sex, and they'd be ironing, and they'd just agree to do this, and they'd yes. answer their phone. And you knew yeah. they had like two kids, uh-huh. and they were Under ironing. Him. That's the Aerosmith video, right? <laughs> yeah. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, what are you wearing? A hefty bag. How attractive. <laughs> so I realized we're calling someone who's just going to read off cards. And sure enough, this Very woman nice. is sort of monotone, reading off cards. And, and, and she says, well, let me ask you a few questions. And what she proceeds to do is exactly what a, what do you call the people who steal your Telephone identity solicitors? thieves? Oh, do. identity theft. Uh, can you tell me this? Can you tell me your email address? Can you tell me your cell phone number? I get your social. I need my... And, and Lisa's like, for a while we're answering these. I was like, no, we called to ask about these plans. Well, all right, tell me what plan you have. Give me this. Give me that. We're on for 20 minutes. And she hadn't stopped pumping us. I need your mother's maiden name, yes. the street you grew up on, and your first pet's name. <laughs> and, okay. That seems and, legit. Well, yeah. it was legit, but I, I looked at Lisa and I muted it and I said, Jeff Bezos is buying this company and they're just gathering more information on us so they can mind control us and hurt us to whatever they want. And, and they also w- enjoy constipation pills. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so I looked at Lisa and she asked like some rude, way too personal question. Hmm. And I looked at Lisa and I pushed at the hang up button and I said, no, thanks. Too much information. And I hung up on her. Oh boy. And then we called back the company she had and quizzed that company for like a half hour because the way you buy insurance 
if it's real insurance, you should go, how much risk am I taking? How much risk are you taking? What's the maximum out of pocket? What's my deductible? What's my copay? They have all these new words for how to get more money out of you. Yeah, exactly. And we talked to this woman for quite a while and she said, well, uh, I need to know all the drugs you're on. And because it was the company she already had, it was like, okay, well, we'll tell you. That was the thing. We were not going to tell that other company this stuff. Right. And, she, and Lisa said, but I don't really need this one. I'm not going to make, oh, I could make such a joke about that, but I would be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Way to pull your punch, Bob. Yeah. You're a smart I'm man. pulling out just in time. <laughs> Bookending the show as well. <laughs> so anyway, she, she said, well, if you don't use that one, then your maximum out of pocket goes down. And I went, wait a minute, wait a minute. The maximum out of pocket is not supposed to be depending on how we change it. Yeah. With what happens to your life. <laughs> What's yeah. acceptable quality of life to you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. true. And so, uh, are you going to use the teeth every day? <laughs> because if I could just get you weekend teeth, that really drops your premium. <laughs> Uh, you think we can do pudding and soup uh, two GP Thursday, right? Here, let's do that. <laughs> oh, Spikey. So oh, at that man. moment, I realized <clears throat> to these companies, yeah. we're robots. We're yeah. the robots. Yeah. They're the algorithms. Their job is to hook us, reel us in, mm-hmm. and bleed us dry and what's sad about modern time and by the way i love modern times i mean i love that i can call up an old story about richard nixon Uh, (laughs) i love that i can you know learn and experience the vast sum of human knowledge i can go to youtube and teach myself how to be a brain surgeon i won't be technically qualified (laughs) ask the world i remove my own spleen thanks youtube But here's the tool you need to sell it. It was yeah. awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, we're animals, us human beings. Yes, man. We're mortal, mm-hmm. and while we're here, we're pets. Yeah, you and me, baby. We ain't nothing but mammals. Let's do it like <laughs> they do on the Discovery Channel. Yeah, but in order to do that, you're going to have to be in a tier three prescription program. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> All right, Spike O'Neill. Speaking of animals, you know, very much. You are. If you haven't got your drugs from a veterinarian yet, Bob, you're missing on a real bargain. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, one time our dog needed Valium, and I was curious, and I looked it up. It's the same thing, isn't it? It's the exact same compound. Yeah. Yeah. So there's beef flavored. Ketamine is is now being um, uh, developed in Britain, I believe, to treat depression, and that was horse trank, was it not? That is horse tranquilizer. Yeah. So is. Doggy Valium, can my dog just go online and not be embarrassed and do a consultation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but he's going to get pop-up ads in his bowl every time he goes for a drink. <laughs> oh, man. So it's a, it's a strange time. Uh, we're, uh, I look at it this way. The media and information is supercharged in the same way nuclear reactors supercharged energy Mm -hmm. and with many of the same dangers huge upsides uh and huge be careful with that you'll poke your eye out (laughs) (laughs) remember that Mm. 
Oh, wow. I feel like we're getting all risk and no reward, though, these days, don't you? Um, no, I, I mean, uh, like Monty Python, you know, the Jesus Christ figure in that movie, uh-huh. there's a bright side of life, even Always while you're being crucified. Bright side of life. <laughs> the view from up here is marvelous. <laughs> I can, see I, mean, there's, there's, I can see Rome from here. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much wonderful about living in this modern age. And huh. every generation fears the destruction of all of humanity. We did as kids, fallout shelters, nuclear bombs. Mm. Eve of destruction, tax deduction, city inspectors bill collected. It's a crazy nice time. Okay. Spike, uh, what's... Uh, What's on your mind today? Oh, Armageddon, you know. Armageddon, just the usual. The usual. Yeah. You know, I'm, tr- I'm trying to steer clear of, uh, you know, may- mayhem and, and the TV. Oh. I'm trying to steer clear of social media because I've, I, you know, I, I went through the process of, of just snoozing or dropping everybody that was just preaching idiocy and preaching conspiracies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now me and my father-in-law are the only people in my, I got one friend left. That's it. <laughs> I mean, we're at 4,992 friends today. They're gone. Uh, They're all gone. No, not wasn't that bad, but it's, it's uh, ugly out uh, there, man. By the way, have you noticed this? I noticed something that fa- Facebook has made some major changes lately. Oh, yeah. Um, they're doing this thing where if a friend of mine argues with someone, They'll show me the post and just my friend arguing uh-huh. with the person because they know that'll drag me in. Yeah. Yep. And you know how they do like ads and they go, uh, my friend Hank Prouty does the maple syrup with me and he works at a gun factory. So it, it, Facebook is totally confused. Like, <laughs> where were like you? Like as stand? if I was bisexual. Like, <laughs> we don't know which way he goes. <laughs> but he's always sticky. What's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> It's, but they will. But they syrup. will. They will send me stuff that Hank has obviously looked at, and they will say, "Hank wants you to see this." Yeah, yeah. But yeah. he doesn't. I don't like anything anymore for that reason. I'm paranoid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very crazy. So, uh, so are you? So you're staying off social media. Um, what are you doing? C'est moi uh, or Spike? Try, <laughs> trying to find work. You know that kind of fun. That's yeah, yeah. you know that kind of stuff in a pandemic. Um, super easy. Yeah. Super yeah. super easy. Uh, you know, I, I'm contemplating lawsuits and next, those kind of things. You know, the fun stuff that keeps a day lawsuits. vibrant. You know, I don't know, man. I'm just, you don't want to sue I, anybody, I do you? I, I don't know. Who are you thinking of uh, suing? I, uh, Massachusetts is being sued by New Hampshire. Yeah? For yeah. what? Too many letters? No, because when COVID hit, <laughs> a lot of workers who live in New Hampshire were told to go work from home. Oh, yeah. And they don't want to pay Massachusetts income tax. Oh, that's an interesting lawsuit. They're not working in Massachusetts. Wow, but they're but they're the fruits of their labors are being are driving Massachusetts economy. Right? What right. they should so, do is open a company in China, in China, <laughs> and a well, bank account. By the way, this case may go all the way to the Supreme Court yeah. because it's what large businesses use to not pay taxes in the U.S. They open uh, a corporate sure. headquarters uh, sure. in yeah. Ireland. Yeah. And uh, the argument of the Massachusetts governor, which I really liked, is when they were commuting to Massachusetts, they were using all of Massachusetts infrastructure, roads, Mm -hmm. you know, 
fire and yeah. roads and roads. I can't think of anything else, but they were using that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And now by staying home, Massachusetts doesn't have to fix their roads. The hell they don't. <laughs> oh, man. You know what the state income tax is in New Hampshire? No. It's fuck you. <laughs> you, got, you got none? There is none. You got, you got, you how, how much you make? How either. much you got? Yeah. How Washington much you got to send it in? Also has no income tax, but Spike, how right. do they make up for it? 10.1% sales tax. Well, that's okay. And property Proper, taxes are Property high taxes, and, yeah. 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 That's not so, okay. Yeah. So, you know, well, it's, it's a trade Those kind of taxes are regressive and hit the lower end a lot harder. Yeah. I, I've, I've found being in the lower end lately. I found that's a, a truism. More sensitive to it. Yeah, yeah. I'm much more sensitive yeah. to it. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I'm just enjoying mm. the girls. My wife's still out of town. So she'll be out of town for another two, three weeks at least. Yeah, she so. uh, she wants you to remember to turn the, uh, uh, the furnace down tonight. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> we all know about how often you burn your own house down. So Shut up. God, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> hey man, I've, it's been what's it? What's, let me look at the sign real quick. It's been ninety-five days since my last house fire. He's <laughs> <laughs> a pyro. Safety, you should have one of those up. OSHA stickers. Yes, right? I do. Number yeah, of yeah. days oh. without a house fire. <laughs> <laughs> they give you a coin, but it's too hot to handle. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's freshly minted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, good so times. Uh, good Spike, times. We yes. know we know each other so long yeah. that. I remember when your daughter was, oh. Which one? Well, your stepdaughter. Yeah. Ryan, how old was she when we met? Oh, she, well. Well, actually, we, you didn't, we, you met yeah. Melissa shortly after we met. I met, I met Melissa um, about seven months after I met you. So 1989, 90-ish, yeah. right yeah, around she, 1990. What, what, yeah, she, she actually wrote the show. She wrote a letter to our show on New Year's Eve of 89. She and her girlfriends were up in Vancouver mm-hmm. uh, for New Year's Eve, and she wrote a, show, wrote a letter to the new Bob Rivers show, Bob and Sean, I should say. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went and met the, she, we were doing this bit called Meet Every Listener, which was a lot easier <laughs> than having, I mean, we, we would go out and meet businesses yeah. every every day after the show. I remember that this That was a way now. to get us yeah. out into the public and, you know, and, and get people locally on the air and get hey, we listen to this show just so we can hear ourselves say hi we're boeing yeah we got so, some qualified know. sales leads well <laughs> there was there was a little bit of that a little bit of that but, but it was, it was really it was really organic in that yeah we figured they know we came from the east coast mm-hmm. and uh we figured we'd be like we want to come out and meet someone different every day and we'll come yeah. to your business. We would bring lunch sometimes. Like six foot subs and stuff, yeah. cases of sodas, that kind of crap. Which was, a, you know, thank you Subway sandwiches and Jared mm-hmm. until they found the porn on his computer. <laughs> right. That was my porn, by the way. I feel so bad about that. Oh, Did you geez. plant it there? No. Anyway. It's a gift. Don't, 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 don't. It was not yeah. the good kind. So um, anyway, we went, and now I remember your wife was a hairdresser. And we yeah. went to her place of business. She was a beauty school student at a, at a big salon school, you know, that taught uh, cosmetology. And that's we how get you all these letters. We, we get these letters. Yeah, we get letters from people. Uh, we run a tin metal shop. We run a muffler shop. We do boat repair. I work with 300 girls. We're going there tomorrow. Going there. <laughs> yeah. I made up and your mind. Did. Yeah. And, uh, she, and she, she came down the station the, the following day with a couple of girlfriends. And I asked her out and we started dating. And then we... Bang. You know, moved in and got married, and the rest is 30-some years. Yeah. Went to a stocked pond. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you uh, you were a father to her 
daughter. Yep, her baby was three months old when I met her. Wow. wow. Look at yep. you. Yep, she had just left the loser that, uh, the, the donor, we like to call him around here. <laughs> the donor. The donor, that's how we refer to him. Now, you you guys made somewhat peace with him over the years, right? Or not? Well, we, um, well I'm glad we can therapy up for Spike here. It's good. Um, no, so <laughs> they, had joint, they had joint custody. Here's the drill, and I'll tell everybody back on the East Coast the drill. Um, she met him in the 80s, and he was dealing. Oh my. You know, and, and they burned through a lot of free money in the eighties and traveled a ton. And it was, it was the eighties, you know, it was, it's what you, it's what you did, man. You made a lot of free money. And, uh, when she, and they got married and they kept that lifestyle. Yeah. And when she got pregnant, uh, she said, that's it. You're done. He had a promotion to meet every user. <laughs> meet, meet every Denny's parking lot. Was his promotion. Yeah. Well yeah. played. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, she said, you know, we're done with that. That's over. You're, you're, we're parents now. And, yep. uh, Things she change. found out he didn't quit. So she yeah. left him yeah. and I, and then literally she started listening to this new show on the radio on her way to beauty school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she wrote us and we met her and I fell in love Dang. with her and the rest so, of his uh, life. Uh, uh, and then over the decades, three decades since, um, you guys wanted to have a child and it wasn't happening. Yeah, we try. Um, we literally tried everything, and we tried the, the monthly artificial insemination. You know, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. I asked Bob to be a donor. Um, <laughs> he wouldn't go for that. I don't recall that. Did is that I think true? It was Melissa's insistence forget. on not using artificial means yeah. that scared me so much. <laughs> what it was is what it was was the how of me being a donor. I wasn't really yeah, interested yeah, in it. Was, yeah, yeah. Magazines in a closet girls. and a turkey. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's not fun. It wasn't enough. No, um, no sir, we, we had tried for like literally years or seven six, seven years, and we had tried the artificial means for over two years every month. Mm. And it wouldn't work and it would break her heart every single month. So we gave up. Yeah. And we were Stressful. done. And we were like, okay, it's fine. We'll be empty nesters or, you know, the, you know, our daughter at this point was in her 12, 13 years old. We're like, this is great. We started, we bought Harleys, you know, it's going to be fun. We'll be <laughs> did all the things you do when you're you not do. going to have children anymore. Right. <laughs> well, and you know what happens my, then? On my 40th birthday. Yeah. On my 40th birthday, Melissa made me get a physical um, and they found testicular cancer. And it was on, that was on a Monday. Remember my 40th birthday party, the Togo party at my house, Bob, right? Remember that? Yeah. Um, my wife had flown all my friends in from the East Coast and my brother and my uncle. I had this big surprise party at her house and uh, made me get a physical the following Monday and they found nut cancer. Wow. And and that week I had surgery to remove the tumor. Mm-hmm. And on that, uh, they told me on Monday I had surgery on Thursday and we got pregnant on Tuesday of that week. Wow. After seven years wow. of trying. So you had both soldiers for one last hurrah. <laughs> Well, I, I, I said the baby's either going to be Jack or Rose because the rest of the ship went down. It was the only two that got off. So cold. <laughs> so cold. And, you, and you got pregnant with no help from science. No, nothing. It was just... See, it, Dr. Just, Fauci, this whole science thing is way over block. So, she bl- <laughs> he blinded, I blinded the president with science. I wish he would deafen me with, with silence. <laughs> So good, God! Man. You should be doing national interviews just as him, not as a bit, just as him. Just to, you should call conservative radio stations and just lose. They'd your put shit. you on in a second. They would put you I on. Could, in a oh, he's on the line. 
book appointments. I'm driving through town and I cannot listen to this any longer. <laughs> you know, you're a conservative host. Who's that fat guy that comes on after you? <laughs> Rush, Rush, Rush the, Windbag? The, 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 the dying one. The one that died. The short timer. Who is he? Yeah, the, the one that the, 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 the commander in Cheeto put a medal around his neck. That's right. <laughs> Almost burst in the flame. I wish I could. You're so good. I can't, I'm, I'm embarrassed to try to do a Fauci next to you. It's like pulling your dick out at a, at a big club and then looking at the next urinal like, oh, no. Speaking of that, 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 that analogy just gave a mighty yeah. window into your psyche. Speaking of that, by yeah. the way. I almost said at NBA locker room, but that's such you need a to close that one. I would never want to be there. Um, how many of you know the Jeffrey Tubin story? I do. Do you oh know this, Spike? God. Um, Spanky in the Zoom? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Spanky yeah. and the Zoom. There's your song. <laughs> uh, Spanky and the Zoom. Spanky and the Zoom. Morgan Freeman would like to take this moment to apologize for Jeffrey Tubin, who was suspended from the New Yorker after pleasuring himself during a Zoom conference meeting. Hello. I am Jeffrey Tubin. I'd like to sincerely apologize for. Doing the boom boom on the zoom zoom. <laughs> I thought that little green light on my webcam meant go and go to town I did. Let's face it. We've all thought about doing that during a video conference with our co-workers, right? Anybody? No. I guess the next true crime novel I write will be an autobiography. Apologetically yours. Jeffrey Tubin. Is his career over, Bob, do you think? Uh, in, the, in the Me Too era? Let's ask Marv Albert. Marv? <laughs> yes! <laughs> I don't know. It depends. How is, yes! how is he responded? It's not good enough. It's not good enough to have uh, Morgan Freeman apologize for you. Has he apologized? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, you missed you a know, golden opportunity there, my friend, by the way. I know. If he's not Jeffrey Lubin Tubin from here on out, <laughs> you, are, you are missing the boat. Yeah. Jeffrey Lubin Tubin. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> That's brilliant. In the spirit of David Letterman, uh, yes. the top 10 reasons you can expose yourself during a Zoom call with colleagues. Oh, are listed here. Do you want you want me to go through them? <laughs> go right ahead. Really? Yep. Yeah. Top ten. Uh, number ten. Your dick is on fire. <laughs> uh, number nine. You're having a dick relevant exam via telehealth, a telemedicine appointment. <laughs> when the other you got two zooms open at once. I wish I could do a David Letterman, but I can't. Uh, that's How good. am I doing, David? Okay, uh, uh, you're you're fine, Bob. Nice. Uh, number eight, you are a baby, and it's your virtual bris. <laughs> <laughs> the Moyle gets a separate camera. Oh, man. Uh, lower, lower. <laughs> uh, number seven, you are in a literal dick measuring contest on Zoom with other people doing the same thing. <laughs> the Howard Sperm Show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Let's see. Six, you're doing an Airbnb virtual experience. I don't know what that is. Oh, man. Don't get that one. 
Uh, Airbnb virtual experience. You're having mm. like the video sex from an Airbnb. Okay. Is that what they're saying? Right. Is that a yeah. thing, Spike? I, not, I have never been. Okay. I have never taken part. This is the thing. Say. Out of Letterman's top ten, there were always three. I'd go, okay, that, uh, oh. move along. Well, it was that. actually top yeah. five that he did. Is it not? Or no? He did top ten. You're right. It was top ten. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number five. You grew. A, you got a new kitten and named it your dick. <laughs> look, look at my dick isn't he cute I'm petting my dick <laughs> he loves it number four you finally got that audition for Equus okay is that a is that a gay magazine I don't know I don't, don't want to know number three your dick is catching up with all its high school dicks number two <laughs> Facebook there is someone who asked out loud with the consent of all parties on zoom would you please show us your dick <laughs> And the number one reason object? Anybody? <laughs> to show your dick on Zoom is it's Dick Day in health class. There we go. Any <laughs> dick. It's a Dick Day in health class. Well, there you go. <laughs> Man. Okay. Also yes, today, um, Spike, uh, you're in a major city. Heck. Uh, Used to be. You're in Detroit, uh, Ed, and yes. uh, Zip, you're close to Boston. Mm-hmm. How many of you have 5G available? Uh, I, if I do, I don't know about it. Okay. I understand it's coming, though. Okay. Speaking of I Jeffrey Toomey. No, I don't believe it's here okay. in Central. Do you believe Madison the conspiracies or? that it's, it's, you know, now there's I, so many I, conspiracy theories behind I it. I kind of know the partial answer for Seattle, but uh, Spike, has it affected your life at all? Um, Not that I'm aware of. Okay. We, uh, we have a, a terrible cell phone company. And just insert your name here because they're all pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah, um, C- Seattle's uh, very, its geography is not conducive to good cell phone coverage for the most part. Mm. We've got a lot of hills. We're on the um, we're on the backside of one where our house is. We've always got spotty home coverage. Um, I don't have. I'm not on a 5G network yet. My company keeps touting their 5G capability is is Come. here. Yeah. Is it and, Verizon or AT and T? Um, it's not. Okay. Those two. So AT&T in Seattle does have it, but it's a, it's a lie. It's enhanced 4G ah. LTE, and they call it 5G evolution. Okay. <laughs> I know. Wow, that's some slippery shit right that's there. That's a slippery slope. <laughs> Four um, and a half G. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, for, of course, the 5G phones are out. I'm going to wait a year. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, NASA has announced they're setting up, and this made no sense to me, uh, they're setting up 4G on the moon. Have you heard of this? Uh, it's it's going for it's not for a couple of years though, right? Yes. Um, Nokia's lunar LTE network will allow astronauts to make calls, stream data, and remote control robots from them. In other words, on Earth, we don't have a, a good cell phone coverage, but they're putting it up on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> wow. If you believe they've got 5G on the moon. Yeah. G on the moon. <laughs> so here is 5G on the moon. <laughs> here is what that first 5G or 4G test call on the moon is going to sound like. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for telecommunications. Now that 4G is set up on the moon, we can continue setting Oh, I've got a call coming in. Hello? Oh, hello, dear. Yes. I'll pick up some quinoa on the way home. Should be about uh, three days. Uh, okay. Love to you and the kids. All right, back to the mission. 
Houston, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Good. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah. This is what they need. Uh, the presidential debate is tonight. By the, If you're hearing this on the day we publish it. It's, th- it's Thursday, right? Yeah. No, it's, right. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Then it's tomorrow yeah, night. It, tomorrow night, correct. It's published on Wednesday, October 21st, so the 22nd. And it's going to feature, and I know you love this, Spike. I don't even have to ask. <laughs> a mute button. Mute button. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, to be honest with you. What do you mean? I don't think it's going to happen. I think somebody's going to pull he's out. Somebody's going to find a reason to pull. Yeah. I think he'll find a reason right. to pull. I think, I think, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's, did you hear, did you hear what happened on Tuesday? I was, I'm trying to time shift accordingly. Yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, the, the 60 minutes interview, did you hear about that? 60 minutes interview with Fauci? With Fauci. No, with, with Trump. No. He walked out of the interview with Leslie Stahl. You're kidding me. Uh, oh, for uh, coming up this uh, week. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, well, on, on, on Tuesday, he was supposed to do a Leslie Stahl 60 Minutes interview and then a joint section with uh, Pence and Trump and Leslie Stahl. And apparently uh, the Grand Cheetah <laughs> was, uh, was offended by the questions or didn't like the tone of the interview, walked out of it, and then went on a Twitter tirade uh, attacking huh. Leslie Stahl and 60 Minutes. And, and the media in general, probably. Yeah. I'm just going to yeah. have to hook a USB port to my brain because I missed this. You can't keep you can't keep up with this guy. He's no. a flamethrower of, uh, of distraction and look at this other hand. Oh, tell me about it, Spike. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to deal with the orange gatan like I do. <laughs> well, I feel for you, Doc. Uh, you. Here's an infomercial about the presidential debate mute button they're using a mute button on the next debate but i can't stand either one of these guys i wish i had my own mute button great news you can (laughs) mute the sound whenever you like with the tv mute button cool but that sounds like an expensive add-on it's already on your remote just find the button with a picture of a speaker with a line through it then when you hear this right because by the way he doesn't know how he's never done simply press it Ah, the sweet sound of silence. But wait, I can still see them. Then try the giant red TV power button. Wow, a blank screen with no picture or sound. I'm sold. The TV mute button and the TV power button. Find yours today. This is going to be the best debate ever. (laughs) I had a doobie better. Listen to the bullshit. Spike O'Neill. Thank you very much, gentlemen. The show airs Wednesdays and Fridays on all of your favorite podcast platforms. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Bob and Zip. Dancing flats, dancing chefs, always playing, hoeing up key hops. Got no chops, got no voice, so I talk. He ain't got no choice If I sing, 
I'll start to choking. Oh, my songs are spoken. Scruffy beard, funny hat. Never found out where it was at. Negative words had never rhymed. Sing off key and out of time. My doc's upset, and buddy, he ain't joking. I should give up smoking. I give all my Grammys and my big Rolls Royce. If I could only sing as good as the Beastie Boys, yeah. Everybody must get stoned to listen to me without a groan. Don't think twice, it's alright. Couldn't sing it once to save my life. The record's broke, but I'm still croaking. All my songs are spoken.